Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, this is Josh and the Homebrew Hombres, Liam Malone, Max Wessel, and Doug Banks. Hey! We make RPG from scratch. It's a podcast about making and playing your own tabletop role-playing games. So come listen to us work on the Scratch Dice system, an alternative to D&D and Pathfinder, and listen to our first campaign, Echoes of the Star Crypt, at nerdyshow.com and on your favorite podcast app. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Spandex makes me horny. Drag is the new spandex. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBerry here with another installment of Drag is the New Spandex. Yeah. I love the new theme song. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What happened to Jess Ketting? Oh, wait. She already did her thing. Yeah, what happened bad. to Jess Ketting? Oh. <laughs> mm. mm. She's been she, flying the world. Well, not no. as much anymore. But no, no, definitely not as much anymore. <laughs> we are here to discuss RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 5, Episodes 2 and 3. I'm joined by the voices you have been hearing, Eric and Brian. Howdy. Hello. I'm joined here in Chicago by my cocktail. As I sip on the tea and get ready... To serve it, mama. Yes. Slay the house down boots. Did anyone else get annoyed by Miss Nicole Byers' frequent use of yes every time something happened? But if you listen to anything Nicole Byer does, she, always she does that. that all the time. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it, it was a little grating, and I'm like, cultural appropriate? No, it's not true. <laughs> you can't appropriate your own culture. <laughs> Oh, fine. I guess not. <laughs> I've also worked at a gay bar, so quite honestly, if everything is not followed by yas, then They're not it's not it good right. enough. <laughs> so um, we did, two weeks ago, 
we dished about the premiere episode and chatted about the all-stars and the work the world talent show sadly um well okay were you sad i was not sad (laughs) with an impressive high energy dance routine ms india farah became the first queen to place as the top all-star of the week we had our first lip sync assassin in at the time the current reigning uh drag race champion but then i'm sure lots of post editing afterwards when this came out after all uh, season 12 aired uh but evie oddly was the first secret lip sync assassin i'm pretty sure that this is where they they lifted rupaul saying secret for secret celebrity drag race <laughs> because if i was watching uh i rewatched one of the episodes today and it was recapping episode one and the way she says secret is exactly how it is in the uh, commercials for it. So I wonder if there was like a whole thing, because I'm, I'm sure that all of this got like crammed together to, to air because they only, from what I've been, what I've heard through other podcasts and through other sources is that they only had like a month to put that entire mini season together. Hmm. So it, it, I'm not surprised that they uh, they would Franken edit some of these uh, clips to make it fit everything better. So did that like get surprised on them? Like, oh, you're going to do this little mini series? Like, I think I don't think it was surprise. I think it was pitched. I think it was something that got greenlit. I kind of feel like with um, everything with Sherry, that maybe they wanted something kind of wholesome to bookend everything um palette cleanser yeah <laughs> but at the same time i you know and honestly i can't even say that I, I that might be why it got rushed to be um put on air but i mean it was filmed at the same time because i the queer leading tryout banner that was used on um celebrity drag race is in the untucked lounge or in the untucked area for season 12 the entire season so huh. it was filmed around, like, it had to been filmed after All Stars was filmed, but before season 12 was filmed. So I don't know, like, I, maybe they maybe they were planning on doing it later, and we're going to film it further down the line, but then they were like, okay, no, we want it filmed now to be able to release whenever, uh, you know. You know how, how studios can be, they'll be like, all right, we need this done right now. So yep. they got, you know, they, they came up with the best celebrities that they could. Some of them higher up on that chain of celebrity than others. But I will be damned. Nobody better talk no shit about Miss Vanessa Williams. Miss Vanessa L. Williams. She looked phenomenal. That is not what we are here to talk about. Let's continue with the lead up to this second episode. Uh, the lip sync assassin, Miss Evie Oddly, took the win. So the rumocracy spoke and sent Miss Derek Barry to the house. And um, we move on. Cash tip rolled on over, making it $20,000 for the first all-star to beat the Lip Sync Assassin. And that brings us to episode numero dos called I'm in Love, featuring guest judges Tessa Thompson and Madison Beer. And there was no mini challenge. 
Rue came strutting on in after a little tense moment in the workroom, which got everybody all up in arms, um, saying that Cracker was getting the villain edit for All Stars, which I don't 100% I don't agree she's, with. She's, she seems to be making her own villain edit a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't even know how the producers could have prompted her to go off this crazily like this seems like so out of left field oh, i love how my hands disappear into the confessional uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> your green Voodoo. screen your green screen is not uh not as good as the one on on drag race sorry <laughs> i think they absolutely are manipulating this and i'm not saying that she's not also completely uh dysfunctionally anxious or suffers from extreme like anxiety and, and, and neuroticism, but like the uh, fingerprints of the producers are all over this season so far. Uh, not always just manipulating the, the actual people, but also the edits. Um, but I mean, that's like, you know, nothing new. Um, I think show. she ultimately wanted to goad on Gina into being more self-confident and yeah. doing better. I think that's but- true what she said and how she went about it was cuckoo bananas. I think one of the biggest issues with that is, and I don't, again, we don't see everything. They take hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of footage and boil it down to, so it's an hour and a half show, which means we're getting 20, 40, 60 ish minutes of um, actual showtime. Not the premium channel, the actual, you know, time of the show. <laughs> and I uh, moved it again. Right. Uh. <laughs> now it's back on showtime. Gotta go. See you later. God damn it. <laughs> but everybody on Wild Presents Plus the next day. It's fine. Uh, I think the, the, the thing that's kind of thrown me off this season is, especially between Cracker and Blair, this whole, an all-star shouldn't doubt herself. An all-star, like, I don't understand. You were doubting yourself so much in an all-star show. When did that become such a thing? We're on the fifth season of all-stars. Like, they've all been through this whole thing before. They especially should know that there are times when you're going to doubt yourself. There are times when you're going to do all this. Like, you should come in more confident. I, I agree. But you also look at Angina, who, she was on season one. Season yeah. one of Drag Race was is nothing like what season 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, even 4 were. You know, maybe 2 and 3 were still probably close to the same kind of feel and format. Although, with having discovered um, Pluto TV and their Drag Race channel, I ended up popping it on and was watching season 3. And you could tell how much they were really just trying to break them girls down with having them make costumes multiple costumes for their challenges multiple times in a row to the point where both Yara and Alexis basically just broke down and almost quit the competition in the same episode. And then Yara basically well, I, just I, quit during the, the lip sync. So for, I, the, for them to, for them to harp on this as much and Cracker does go back and kind of say that, like what you were saying, Eric, where, uh, where you were pointing out that, she wanted to encourage her, but I think at the same time, the producers were like, you should talk about this and talk about how an all-star shouldn't, shouldn't doubt themselves. So it's a mixture of both. 
you have I've, to know how to word things. And at the same time, the producers are definitely pushing, pushing some of those things. I've gotten a little bit more at peace very recently, and it's taken me how long, to understand that the edits aren't always to manufacture things that didn't happen, though that does happen. But it's also to really, really beat home the storyline they're trying to tell. And I think you're right. I think the, the producers sort of see it unfolding and they take the material that they're given, like Angina, not just the, you know, you know, the seed of doubt in her head, but clearly if you go back and watch those episodes, the first two with her, you see the seeds of her own destruction throughout. And the storyline then becomes, how do we set this better up to explain why? And that's where the prompts come from. So they weren't trying to destroy her as much as seeing that she was sort of imploding and then not hastening it along, but really making sure it was documented and presented that way well, yeah, know, to and, shape the story. And they use footage that drives that story. You know, there's probably plenty of footage where Cracker and Angina were joking around and buddy-buddy that they're not going to use right. because that doesn't fit the purpose. That doesn't serve the narrative to say, oh, well, she was trying to get into Angina's head and, you know, have all of this stuff happen. Um, and there will be a point where I will, I'm going to mention, I said it once and I will mention it again, uh, Franken edit. And when we get to them doing their uh, choreography portion, the, the rehearsal, we'll get back to what I mean by that. And if we'll, we'll talk more about the Franken edit there. So Angina gets into uh, a little bit of it with Cracker over Cracker saying that she uh, should have brought some white out in and voted for Angina instead of Derek or Mayhem. And then we uh, get our message and Rue comes in and we go right into a maxi challenge, which will be them recording in teams versus to an, the new All-Stars hit song. Mm-hmm. I'm in love. Now available on iTunes. Ding. Oh, damn it. I didn't set up a soundboard for it. I had my little <laughs> ding ready for that, too. But Tell me, tell me it's not. Please tell me they didn't use that. Oh, I'm sure not. it is. They put all of these things up there. Can we talk about this song a little bit? We will in just a second. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so <laughs> Rue gives um, India, being the top all-star from the week before, the ability to tell her who she thinks her two biggest competitors are. And from there, she picks Shay and Blair St. Clair, to which Mariah, in a confessional, is uh, not as happy. She's like, I can, with, with Shay, I can understand that. But Blair, really? And those are the teams. Are the, and those are turned into the team <laughs> captains. Not the, team. the other six the... are just sent to the house. <laughs> <laughs> it was we the quickest all-stars. <laughs> the quickest all-star season ever. Uh, <laughs> So they go one by one and pick teams. The team shake down to Team India being uh, India, Jujubee, and Alexis Mateo. Team Blair being Blair, Mayhem, and Ms. Cracker. And Team Shay being Shay, Mariah, and Angina. Kind of a little rhyming for us there. 
So I think that sets up the entire thing. Let's talk about the song because now they have to do their writing. They have to go record the song. And uh, before we get into it, so, so before we discuss the song itself, the premise is that it is about a crush, a celebrity crush per se. And the girls pick theirs. Who would you gents pick as your man crush in the celebrity realm? Uh, oh, I should know this. I feel like I have see, someone. I, see, I think Blair's group had the best strategy for this in that they all picked kind of off-the-wall people. So would you, think... would you pick an off-the-wall person as your celebrity crush? For the purposes of the song, probably. <laughs> But if you were actually who would who if you could pick a celebrity crush to sing about in RuPaul fashion, who would you pick? Yeah, now that you say that, I was gonna go somewhere like Ben Browder from Farscape. Like somewhere really down and specific into this thing. Uh oh, but you know, it's relevant sort of because curling is taking on a little bit more of a public uh whatever. I could pick jo- oh Eric, don't don't shut me down like that. Are you going to say John Schuster? No. Okay, yes, sure. Let's throw Schuster out there. Fine. I was going to go Johnny Moe from Canada, but you're right. All right, we're American. Let's do John. John Schuster is my celebrity crush. Oh, no, no, no. I'm like, if you were going to go American, at least go, uh, what is it, Tyler? Well, okay. So, yes. Actually, right now, if you look at the two of them, Tyler gets the win uh, for sure. But I like Johnny. I like Johnny. I like... uh, john schuster's sort of swagger uh tyler needs more of that uh if he had that and the beard win wait which is the which one was uh shirtless with schuster in that photo that was that was tyler it was tyler oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. she can get it yeah so i'll I'll go with that Uh, sorry eric if i stole yours (laughs) (laughs) no that's fine um i'm trying to think i don't know who's yours pat I have so many, but I think at this point, and it's it's kind of uh, spurned from a post by one of our mutual friends, uh, Anthony Exum on uh, Facebook, but I would probably go with either uh, like somebody from the, the food world and do either like a Robert Irvine or a, uh, a Tyler Florence, maybe a little Tom Colicchio, although that would be very tough to rhyme. Uh, <laughs> um Paul Hollywood. Oh, oh, Paul Hollywood. Yes. Come on. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, so he can get pretty. my bottom soggy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you let him pee on you? Oh, that's oh, weird. No. No. I don't know you were flagging that. All right. <laughs> I don't have uh, no yellow hanky, no yellow mask. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> all right. So, We'll uh, we'll run down the list of uh, the celebrity crushes that the queens use, and then we'll talk about the actual song. We'll get into the nitty gritty here. Uh, Alexis Mateo picks Daddy Janky. I love when she says Janky. Mm-hmm. Uh, except so, for there's one point during the well, during everything where she actually says Daddy Yankee, and I'm like, where'd your accent go, Alexis? That's what I heard too, and I thought that I I I, mean, I don't know Daddy Janky either, so I I didn't know who this person was, but I'm like. Well, it is Yankee. It's okay, just yeah, when you, right, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I looked it up. And yeah. so I had not, I think I have heard his stuff, but I did not know. I mean, from Orlando, we've heard reggaeton. And evidently, I did not, I just didn't know he's the father of reggaeton. So I was like, oh, oh, cool. Okay, I had no idea. I mean, I've seen where you hang out in Orlando, and most of the time, reggaeton is not the, the predominant oh, okay. music. <laughs> okay, so Eric will appreciate this more because he lived with me in a part of Orlando and had, like, in the background on the street we lived, a 94.9 van, like, that, <laughs> like somebody lived there and would play. They had, like, parties and stuff. So, anyway, yes, that, that part of my life uh, was uh, fairly, yeah. Anyway. Yes, but it, it, so yeah, it made me giggle when her, her accent went away and she actually said a why like a why. Uh, Juju B picks John Stamos, uh, which is right uh, in my wheelhouse lately because I finally finished up watching Fuller House. Uh, season five just came out not too long ago. India Farah, after originally saying she wanted to uh, sing about her fiance, RJ, she uh, is guided properly into the realm of bitch that's you in real life and India Fair as a character and pick somebody for real. And she picks Justin Timberlake. Ms. Cracker does Sylvester Stallone. Mayhem does Mr. Rogers. Blair picks Hannibal Lecter. Angina, does, see, and this is where the, uh, this is the team that goes into our like normal wheelhouse. Angina does Henry Cavill. Mariah does Jason Momoa. And Shea Coulee picks Chadwick Boseman. And, and I like the superhero theme across it. It's a good through line. I yes. appreciated that for sure. And uh, I definitely agree with Henry Cavill and Momoa. Mm-hmm. Oh, both. Especially, especially Harry Chest, Henry Cavill. I don't know what it is about Brand. Bozeman. I don't, I like him in the costume, but like he takes the mask off and I'm like, no, mm-mm, not a fan of the face. So I don't know what it is. He's got a very serious face. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the problem. I need my superhero men to be both serious and stoic, but also like have a little glimpse of like humor and or fun. So I, I mean, it's T'Challa. Sadly, T'Challa doesn't get a lot of time to be no. <laughs> be giddy and happy. Very, very true. <laughs> so, what did y'all think about the song? I've been talking a lot and setting all this up. So, I feel garbage. Like, <laughs> I was like, I feel like y'all have some uh, <laughs> some feelings about it. So it is. It is the most genera track yes. ever. That okay? Just come up with a little piano ditty that everyone, everyone can sing a verse over. Nine verses in a song. So oh, many. Leland is an actually interesting like producer in his own right, and I guess he did Kitty Girls, uh, and uh, Kardashian the musical. And I don't I remember say that he's- at all. He's done a couple of things because um, I think they have only in the past mentioned Leland and Freddie is his partner in writing and composing. And this time around, at least they, they didn't just say, okay, we're going to go work with Leland. But when it got to that point, it was like, hi, I'm Leland and this is Freddie. So like it was, but yeah, I, I, I knew that he had done stuff with them before. He's the new, I won't say Lucian <laughs> in the bad way, but he is the sort of new, one of the new like stable of composers that they're bringing in. I think they're rotating through. But anyway, he did Kitty Girls, which is a great song. I love that. That's one of my favorites. Hey, Kitty he, Girl. He's done uh, work outside of RuPaul, of course. He's done like stuff for Troy Sivian. Uh, Troy A. Savan. Uh, oh, sure. That's how you say it. I don't know. Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you. If, if I heard him on the radio, it's, I assume it's a him. I would have no idea that I'm hearing him. I have no idea. 
you know, you obviously don't know who he is when you connect him to a geeky world. He, uh, he was in Wolverine Origins. He was Wolverine. He was Logan. Wolverine Origins? Yeah. The, the really bad Wolverine movie where they sewed Ryan Reynolds' mouth shut? I thought, what's his name was in that as Wolverine? He was little Wolverine when him and Victor oh. were young and they show them back in like the, the okay. family house and all that. That's uh, Troy. He's, I believe he's Australian. He's a queer artist. Um, has some pretty good stuff. He did, uh, most recently he had a, a song with... Bloom? About bottoming? <laughs> oh, whoa, wait, yeah. what? Yeah, that was, his, that was his, like his big hit off his last album. All right, I will go take this for homework. I will find out about this more. <laughs> I did not know. I, I, and this is just me being an old man, not this person's horrible. I have no opinion, like I said. But anyway, so he's uh, back to Leland. Uh, Leland has done some good stuff and has evidently written a lot of good stuff. But this is garbage. Like, it's the most basic. It's, it's an earworm. So I guess in some ways he's got the ability to write a hook. But like it's so bad, and just it, it like you know, Pat, you were singing it. Now it's in my head, and I'm sure Eric won't admit to it, but it's in his head. Like it's it's horrible and infectious and horrible. Like Kitty Girl's infectious and fun. I get that stuck, and I'm like, all right, cool, I like that song. But this song, it's also uh, a lot shorter. Well, yeah, right, and that doesn't help either. But that's that's a limitation of the assignment or of the piece, right? I don't know. This thing is well. Horrible. I don't but know. usually when they do musicals and there's still a lot of girls left there's musical changes throughout like it changes styles or whatever but this was just the same thing over and over the same eight counts again and again and again and again and again there is also not usually a large um segue piece because when you do a rusical or when you do something like kitty girl you just have the chorus Mm-hmm. or in the rusical it just kind of it flows from person to person to person to person here it was like this pre first verse and then you had the three girls do their part and then there was like another four or five lines and then the next girls did theirs and then there, and i mean it all it all if you took out all the girls portions all nine uh, nine of their parts there was a storyline through it all because honestly, the funniest part really is the uh, the the end where it's like I didn't even know he knew I existed until the courts told me to stay thirty feet away. But um, but what they what they don't realize is that they forgot to blur his home address on the page. Like there, it's actually kind of funny and clever, and still silly and stupid. I'm not saying it's gonna win like you know a, a Grammy for best song, but there's so much extra with it. And then you add in nine verses by the girls, which then makes it feel like you are listening to this song forever. And it was one of the first times I think I've ever seen that the judges panel didn't like unanimously go crazy at the end. Like Rue was like, yes, this is my stuff. And then like, it's <laughs> well, a make money. Oh. <laughs> and we'll make the girls money. So I will say this, if you like the girls that were part of it, stream the song help them get some royalties from it because they all um and alaska attested to this on race chaser they get royalties because they write their verses so they are all credited songwriters on these songs so anytime it's purchased on um, itunes or it's streamed or whatever whatever the royalty rights are they do get 
that money from from the streams and the purchases of these songs. I mean, good for them. I appreciate that. I'm not going to download it. I'm not giving any ounce of my my whatever to to that natural selection and all. But you know, come on. I mean, you know, listen. I still there are still times where, as much as I I shit on American the season ten version. I still find myself singing along to certain parts of it. That one's okay. It's it, it anyway. Yeah, I no. I, I they're just no. I get to Eureka's part, and I want to fast forward. Oh, leave Eureka alone. I love her. Why is she trying to take Darian Lake's Elephant Queen thing? And then oh. you got these fucking young kids who never saw season six that are like they see Darian Lake on virtual drag con and you know still having her Elephant Queen merchandise, and they're like. Why is she? She's not the elephant queen. Eureka is, and it's like, bitch, know your history. Yeah, they all steal from each other, though. You go back far enough, and it's like, oh, you didn't come up with, with hi and all this other stuff. But I know, Angina did. Yeah, I know. No, and and they talked about that. It's funny because we did the whole um, episode one uh, recap, and I had not caught up on Race Chaser at all. And it wasn't until I think this past week that I had gotten caught up and listening to Willem and Alaska talk about it. There were so many of the same things that we echoed between the two shows that I was like, oh shit, if, if people listen to both of these, they're really going to think that we listened to, <laughs> to this and then released it. Which by the way, has happened. I mean, that has happened. We've listened to Race Chaser first, but I, I listened to it this week too. And I said the same thing. I'm like, oh my God. That's and they were hilarious. talking about Derek Barry's wig and how long it took her. I was like, oh my God, we said the same thing. <laughs> One could only think that maybe they listened to our episode and then... Clearly. That's, I think that's what, what happened. happened. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, we did live stream that one. And they record on Mondays. So maybe somehow... <laughs> Very possible. It, Anus it things are possible. Anus thing is possible. So, any other thoughts on uh, I'm in love? Were there any verses that or lines that, that stuck out as positive to you? Hannibal Lecter. I will give Blair all the credit for keeping it, we're making it weird. I don't know about keeping it weird, though. She definitely keeps dip, dipping into the weird toe. Like every so often, she says something. I'm like, oh. Because, uh, you know, the rest of the queens this season are pretty safe and. No one's too weird, you know, really. I mean, everything Shea Coulee did this episode was perfect. I mean. A goddess among women. Yes. I mean, the, I mean, granted, they showed us of everybody recording, but she just went in and spit her verse out. Uh, who knows? It probably took her 20 takes. They probably took 20 takes on everybody. But, In right. my mind... Literally, Shay walked up, had her lyrics, did it once, and then dropped her lyrics and walked away. <laughs> one take. One take. And she was like, done. That's it. They made it seem like her group already had practiced all their choreography before they got on the stage and had it all down um, for practice. And I don't know. And this is even before the runway. Right. Is, uh, <laughs> when, I mean, when, even even her look for the performance was cute enough to be a runway look. I think. 
Oh, with the little with the, with the little Afro puffs and the little yeah. like palms on top of that. And just, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was on absolute fire for this episode. I'm dreaming about what kind of life we'll lead. Mm-hmm. Floored me. I was done. Um, Jujubee with uh, uh, the he can take off my blouse. Please come and fill up my house. And I was like, all right. Not mad about this, Juju. Uh, by the way, Juju B's uh, debut single, Don't Wanna Love, which she sang at the Work the World Talent Show, just was released yesterday as we're recording. So we're recording on Sunday the 21st. On June 20th, Juju B uh, released her debut single, Don't Wanna Love, from her upcoming EP, Good Juju. So I went ahead and listened to it a couple of times yesterday on Google Play Music and uh, downloaded it to my library. So, and it has, it, it does that very, um, it reminds me so much of Adore Delano's uh, I Can't Love You, which she sang on All Stars 2 in the talent show. It has that same kind of vibe, um, which for me is an absolute plus. And it kicks up like the, the beginning part is what she sang on uh, the show. And then it hits a part and it gets a little more like a little electronic backbeat music wise. So it has a little bit more of a beat musically, but still that same real soulful um, singing. So I recommend that go to your, your favorite streaming platform and um, pre-save good juju or go listen to don't want to love. Do all that. Go support Juju B. She deserves Amen. it. Uh, so then, yeah, we get to, we have the dancing uh, portion of it, the rehearsal for the choreography. And before we get into much of it, I'm going to skip to the last group, which was Blair's group. And do y'all know what Franken clips are? I mean, only what it sounds like. Is there, okay. This is a thing? It is a thing. And for those of you who have watched Adam Ruins Everything um, or have not watched Adam Ruins Everything, do yourself a favor and watch Adam Ruins reality TV. And it, he goes into the term, uh, he goes into what they refer to as Franken clips. And basically what happens, and this is why when I mentioned it when I was saying, when RuPaul says uh, the secret lip sync assassin, they cut that secret and add it into the clip where it's RuPaul's secret celebrity drag race. A Franken clip is taking something that is recorded and then editing that clip in to somewhere else. A lot of times when you don't see a person on screen saying something, it's a Franken clip. Because, and it took me a second, because I, I wasn't paying as much attention during the rehearsals. Um, I think that night I was actually assembling a, um, a bookshelf. And so I was, I wasn't, I was listening, but it, you know, for those things you don't really pay much attention to, you know, a lot of times. But when I went back and I watched it today, I realized that they really were honing in on this cracker is tough to work with um, narrative. And there's the one point during the rehearsal where she goes, we're on a time limit. And I, I went back and I was like, wait a minute. And I watched the scene again. Cracker's not on on scene or on the screen for that. So 
it's very it's very much like um when they use uh very Saint-Tropez for Jiggly Caliente 14 times in an episode and it was the exact same way that she said it and they she was never on the screen for any of the other ones but the first one it it helps to what Brian was talking about earlier, it helps drive the narrative of what they're trying to do. So when you say something and you're talking about something else and they take that clip and throw it into another conversation and to another part, part of the show, it helps drive their storylines. Because at the end of the day, whether or not it's quote unquote reality television or as Ginger Minj uh, informed us and made sure that we knew, they are not to refer to it as reality television, but unscripted television. Because there are not scripts, there are story outlines and story production meetings, but these things are not written down. So that's one of those things that I wanted to put out there because a lot of people don't realize that. They think, oh, well, Cracker was just being a bitch, you know, and saying, oh, we're on a time limit while they were doing this. And that's not necessarily the truth. So... Just wanted to put that out there. I mean, reality TV has been doing this since its inception. I, I think it's gotten worse in some ways, especially in shows like Dragway, Drag Race. Ways. Drag Race. Drag, I'm, I'm Barbara Walters for today. No, but like... <laughs> See, now had we just let Barbara Walters intro 2020, this year might not have been this way. This is very true, right? I, 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 I really... It's funny now. I, don't even, I used to watch this show religiously, and I don't even think about it when I hear 2020. All I think about is, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no. The uh, oh god, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Frankenet. It's like it's an old thing, but Drag Race is so egregious about it. And a lot of times, it's like, yeah, if you don't look for it like that, if you don't like kind of consider the context, it, you think, oh well, sure, they're off camera and they're picking up what's off camera or whatever. But yeah, no. It's I'll, I'll challenge that all of these shows have really become egregious with this because. You have to have drama, but because we watch Drag Race so much that it's it's really where we see it the most. Um, but in that same episode, they talk about um, the fact that you these people on these shows realize that something is up because they will have to have a conversation at this table. You have to set up cameras. You know, you're not going to follow people around 24 hours a day and always have a story. You know, like that's these things don't just always seem to happen to people, you know, that have these shows. And sadly, I don't think that the viewing audience always understands that. And I really wish that they would, because then it might lead to less toxicity in the fandom because the people that tend to be the most toxic tend to be the ones that believe everything that they're shown on a, on a television show or, or whatever, you know, the whole, if it's on the internet, it must be true type of thing. No, but. I agree. And I feel like the, the, when we forget that these are actual people trying to have a career and in many cases, friends, like they have a working and usually personal relationship with, you know, within the community of drag race, you know, and, and other drag queens, when we make them out to be these just characters and celebrities, it's far easier to consider them other and demonize them. And it's, yeah, it's not good. Even if they are like Cracker this season is kind of being this whatever, like she's an amazing, genuine person that has proved herself many times over other other ways, other other ways and everywhere else. So it's yeah, it's I mean, unfortunate. 
she was she was a bit cold to me when we worked together but i also chalked that up to you just did a show you know what i mean like everybody has these stories and and i do too like i was super excited and was backstage and we were in the dressing room and just was not really basically was giving me nooch and i'm not the type of person that's like oh she's a cunt and i don't like her i sit there and go you just busted your ass for you know two shows over the last couple of hours like you know it happens like as long as you're doing your job and you're doing it well and you know cool whatever well and especially like you know you you and i've spent a lot of time at conventions and we've met our share of celebrity people out there doing these conventions and it's the same thing like you there are moments that they have to be on yep and same thing that you know with you you know when you ran the entertainment like stuff like there are moments you have to be personable and then there are those moments where you kind of go back and so i fully believe that that's her that's cracker she's introverted in probably many ways she shuts down uh and kind of conserves her battery until she has to be miss cracker and then that's probably exhausting for her and then there's drag queens like willem or uh alaska or whoever that are a little more just always like you know kind of well and and she i mean she even talks about it i think in this episode where she says that she hasn't made a new friend in forever because she mentally kind of sabotages herself where it's like okay well there's going to come a point where they're not going to want to be friends with me anymore and especially after gaining fame and notoriety on a television show like this, you you have sycophants that come out of the woodwork that are like, oh my God, you're my best friend. And, you know, w- try to pretend to be that role in your life and only want to use you for what what you can provide for them. So I definitely, uh, I definitely think that there's a lot to it. And uh, let me just point out, especially after listening to Ray Chaser talk about season four, um, Sometimes the girls are in on it. I mean, the whole Fifi O'Hara, Sharon Needles uh, fight and their their tension and everything was the two of them working on that together. I mean, quite honestly, like, you know, it, it comes to a point where these queens, when you're doing a show like this, you want the screen time. I mean, Ginger Minj, when we talked about season seven, she was like, as soon as I saw that red light go off of me from behind, you know, at the camera, I would say something like, you know, I don't want to say inflammatory, but I would say something outrageous or I would say something that would get the camera back on me. And a lot of people, you know, kind of tore her apart for, you know, being a bitch or being cunty on the show. And like, it's, it's, you're, you're juggling having to be yourself, having to play a character, having to have the, the screen time. Because if, you're like Cameron Michaels and you're very quiet and introverted. You don't always get the, the attention and the time and, and all of that. I mean, granted she made it to top four and good for her top three. Only one in the only one who didn't make it a top three was Asia. Sorry, Asia and the butterflies. <laughs> we'll never forget you dear butterflies. I mean, Shay honored them uh, on the runway in the, the episode we'll talk about in a minute. So let's, uh, let's skip on ahead. They did their production and uh, the runway theme was love the skin you're in. So um, who was your favorite on this runway and why did you pick Shay? <laughs> she didn't wear any clothes. You could see her boobies. 
I couldn't stop staring at her nipples. I mean, it was just a gorgeous piece all the way around. The airbrushing, and then add to that the different colored crystals to add to the, the stoning. The stoning gave it so much depth and actual like 3D feel, even though it wasn't yeah. a 3D piece. Because I don't, right. I don't think she had um, falsies in I don't to, know if she to had give her any, breasts. I don't know if she had titties in or not. I, I think it was just the way that it was airbrushed and stoned gave it that dimension and depth. I've been watching a lot of Ink Master, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think that that, like, I, I absolutely agree with you. Aside from Shay and her amazingness, what other, were there any other looks that stood out to you? I'll say it did not work for this challenge at all, but Blair looked incredible in her runway look. That Pepto-Bismol pink. <laughs> uh, and, and, and she was trying to say, well, it's what you look like on the inside, not the outside. But you could have found another runway to shoehorn that in, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will not say that she did not look stunning, but... I did not, I, it did not work for me for this runway in the slightest. I did love Alexis's look, her full body leather, um, no breastplate this time. Cause you know, she but is a titty girl, but she, <laughs> but they were brushed, uh, airbrushed in and, and it, they looked fantastic. And that was all leather. Like there's not many Queens that go out there and can pull off a, a handcrafted leather dress. Let's not forget that. She said that she made that. So, I mean, you, you kind of have to, I think, with that material. Well, <laughs> like, the way it fits her is like, yeah. But, I mean, she created that. She crafted oh, yeah, yeah. that. She did you that, know? yeah. That was, that's pretty impressive. I, Maybe. I really, so this is the thing. We've talked about this before. I really wish that they would put, like, a credit on screen or talk about who makes these. Because, A, it gives credit to the people out there who aren't on the show. But, B, it gives credit to the queens who are on the show and who make their own stuff. Like, that's important. That should be considered, I think, in some way, well, didn't, shape, or form. Didn't Alexis say that in her voiceover during the runway? That she, well, she was did. the one who made it? But that, and that, but that should be standard, I feel like. Like, they shouldn't have to work that into their, you know, their voiceover. It should be, like, a credit. Like, I think that's the easiest way. Is just put a credit at the bottom. It's weird. It would probably stand out at first, but it's honest. And, it, again, it would give them credit for doing their own stuff. So I don't know. Uh, I really liked, uh, Oh God, I just lost it. I had it up on the screen and it's gone. Uh, Angina. I loved Angina's. I, I, I love this. I think this was brilliant. Uh, I don't know the cultural significance. Like she says that it has one. So great, but I think it was very well executed. Uh, obviously she lost for other reasons, I think, and, or went home for other reasons. It wasn't this, but, um, no, I, I think this was overall one of my favorites. And then uh, Miss Crackers, I, I'm torn because I like it. I like the idea of it with the little – it's very timely with her little uh, – her, her face shield, her protective personal equipment. Or, um, her, what would they call it? They call it like a sneeze guard. Didn't someone refer to it yeah. that way? Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think, I think like the idea is great, but it's just the way it handled was weird. I love the uh, the. I think somebody fan arted her look into um, a grocery bag. Oh. 
Because it kind of looked like a grocery bag. Well, she was holding it up high. Our friend James from Orlando, who did the trash and what was it? What's the trash to trash to trends? Trash to trends uh, with Divine Grace. Like I could see him making an outfit like this out of public trash bags, and I think that'd be brilliant. Um, and uh, one more thing, India. I do. At first, I thought she was doing a bear flag, but there's no yellow. So, it, but it's close, right? Because it's all the skin tones, and she said something, I think, to that effect. So, I really like that uh, look, and then the heart. I, I overall think that one was one of my favorites too. So, I, a lot of these looks were really good. I agree. I'll say with that, that Mar- Mariah looked freaking gorgeous. Her, her yeah. face, yeah, her paint's great. Was probably the best I've ever seen Mariah look. Well, come on, she's mugged for days, bitch. I know. But she didn't even look like Mariah. It just looked Mariah like hasn't looked like Mariah. Like the, Mariah hasn't looked like Mariah from season three at all. She is definitely painting much different than she um, used to. Mm-hmm. She looks lighter and brighter. Yeah, I think in the face, and and yeah. I I totally get what you're what you're saying completely. But yeah, like the little upturn in the eye, almost like a cat eye for this makeup was. Definitely impressive. The only one I wasn't really 100% sold on was Mayhem's. Like, it was cute, but I think that if the maybe if the dress hit the floor... Like, I understood the reference that it was trying to make, but if you put her dress up side, to si- side by side with Kim Kardashian's from the, uh, the Met Gala, it looks so cheap. And Kim Kardashian's was supposed to look that it was wet and dripping. Mayhem's doesn't look like it's wet and that the crystals are like water droplets. They just look like little, I don't know, just fringe. But it's like not enough fringe to look like good fringe. Gotcha. Not, not, a, not a fringe, not a, what is it? The fringe with the surrey on top? Not that kind of fringe? Exactly. The surrey oh. with the fringe on top. Thank you. I knew it was Come there. On, I'm o- like, the words Come are on, there. Oklahoma. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Tulsa. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Uh, okay. I didn't, I had, did not know the reference until uh, just now. I know that she had mentioned it. I didn't look it up. And I just pulled the, the picture up. And yeah. I can see the inspiration for sure. But I think then at that point, I reverse course like AMC theaters. <laughs> I reverse my position and I say that the dress should have been shorter. She should have yeah. gone ahead and done a full and cut it off at the knee like Kim Kardashian's dress was. Um, Kardashian's dress is also closer in line to her skin tone where right. Mayhem's is darker and doesn't give that same nude illusion that Kim Kardashian's dress does. It it definitely, it definitely didn't excel where some of the other girls did. And um, Brian, to your point, yeah, it definitely, India's dress definitely gave me bare pride flag. Um, And one of the things that I want to make sure that this is clear because uh, in case you are not a bear, you're not, familiar with the bear pride flag which i believe just celebrated 25 years of being um in existence the bear pride flag india's dress was based off of skin tone 
the bear pride flag is based off of uh, fur color, or in our cases, human bears, hair color. Um, a lot of people tend to conflate the two because it does a lot of times uh, fall more in line with skin, skin tones, but that's not the case. It's, uh, you know, it's the very blonde hair, it's the ginger hair, it's the, uh, the, the black or the brown or the, um, the white uh, in the, the, the bear flag because it's meant to be inclusive of all different hair color and fur type for everybody, not based off of a skin tone to try to match it up to the, to the flag. <laughs> so uh Ms. Shea Coulee is declared the top all-star of the week. While we have uh our bottom three being Ms. India Farah, Mariah Paris Balenciaga, and Angina. Um aside from Angina's kind of breakdown in in the deliberations was there anything really of note from the uh the behind the scenes that that you think that we should touch on ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The drama is, uh, it's, it's, it's just whatever. I don't know. I, I, I don't like focusing on the drama. I feel like it's so, it's so manufactured most of the time, like we were talking about. And even if there is like some legitimate parts to it, it's just, eh, I don't know. Well, Untucked this season has been very over- underwhelming for me and just kind of like, I don't, I, other than the, like when they leave bit, which is real genuine, I think. I just feel like it's just, uh, I don't know. I'm not into it. Well, what I took note of in this workroom discussions was Cracker says to Angina, hey, I'm sorry for the way that I approached you the other morning. Because in the next episode that comes up again, and it's not referenced that she apologized to Angina in front of everybody. So just take note of that. They're already erasing history. <laughs> they, they took down the statue of uh, Cracker apologizing <laughs> to Angina. Exactly. It happens. It happens. Uh, no, no, no. And I know I, I don't like to focus too much on the drama unless it's like really fun drama. Um, but and that's kind of why I was just, you know, Angina breaking down is, I mean, she, she kind of knew where she was at. And I mean, with her getting sick. And I think that, 
there's been so much pressure put on Angina and such fan like devotion to have her back on the show for her to come back to something that is completely unlike what she experienced the first time around. Mm-hmm. It's like putting any queen, it's like, look at Rock'em Sakura or Rock'em Sakura, uh, if you want to get correct about it. Uh, I, I can compare the two of them in the sense that Rock wasn't prepared for the experience. And I don't think Angina was prepared for this type of drag race experience because her season was nothing like this. There wasn't the same focus. There wasn't the same producer like driven storyline and content. So I feel bad for her. And I I'm glad that she's back on the screens that people can see her. She's got um, new merch, you know, once, uh, once we are post Corona, even though people like to think that we're post Corona now, um, but I, once they're able to start touring again, it, it'll be nice to see Angina back in the public forefront and be able to reach a new audience again. So, uh, Has Angina done any of the big like Work the World tours or anything like that? I don't think so. I, I haven't noticed her name on any of them. No, she, she really hasn't done much um, in the Drag Race world. I think she might have been on Drag U once. But that might, that's even kind of, uh, I'm not sure. Um, the most that she had done really like outside of, or like within the drag race world was be the driver of the van in the final challenge on All-Stars 1. When they had to take them from, do you not remember All-Stars 1 where they, they had to go from uh, Hamburger Mary's and get a key to the city and present their burger. And then they had to do uh, an interview uh, the four of them had to do an oh. interview and they had a change in the, the van yeah. the entire time. So Delta Work was uh, one driver and Angina was the other one, which is where Angina's entrance line, uh, the I was stuffed in, I, I was stuffed, I was stuffed in, I was stuck in traffic comes from, is from her driving the van and she was telling the girls that there was traffic. Yes. So, uh, Shay as the winner has Alyssa Edwards as her lip sync assassin. They dance and twirl to uh, the Neutron Dance by the Pointer Sisters. And Shay Coulee came to slay and won her uh, her lip sync and $20,000. Do you and think that Alyssa threw the, threw the lip sync as a lot oh. of people seem to be saying on online i think that based on the shots that we were shown of Alyssa, i did not see Alyssa performing up to previous lip syncs that she's done that could just be the edit of anything and them not showing her doing all her big dips and tricks and stunts um but regardless shay lip sync the heck out of that song so even if Alyssa had done everything Shay could have very well still won that lip sync yeah I think the edit reinforced in this case that if they were close which I think they were probably like on par with each other but the fact that the contestant did so well I think they're gonna go with the contestant winner um, but like in the, when we'll talk about here in a second, the third episode, it wasn't that 
set. That wasn't the, it wasn't as close, right? No. Uh, so I think that that's, I think the edit reinforced the uh, reality, which was they were really good, but Shay like knocked it out of the park. Which something funny I'll say is just today I watched um, Monet's recap of episode two. And she talks about how she thinks Alyssa didn't give her all because, well, the lip sync assassins don't have a chance to win the $10,000. They're just showing up for their uh, performance fee, which is very funny. Since how in the next episode, we may see someone as a lip sync assassin. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's also sort of a weird like way to say yeah i don't think uh Alyssa was uh, she was just cashing a paycheck i don't know <laughs> but then again yeah i loved I, the way Alyssa looked though i liked yeah. that outfit a lot i think it definitely fit the song yeah absolutely and i i the edit can go any which way and we'll we'll talk more about about lip sync possibilities when we get to the the next episode which is episode three, Get a Room. It is guest judged by Nicole Byer and Martin Lawrence Ballard. Every time they would say Martin Lawrence and then kind of, there was like a little breath in between. Yes, yes. I was like, <laughs> Martin Lawrence is here. I, 100%. And then they showed that other guy and I was like, oh, that's, that's not Martin. I mean, I wasn't uh, disappointed. <laughs> like, oh, oh. I was like, what is Martin Lawrence doing guest judging on uh, on RuPaul's Drag Race? Uh, so, I mean, the- he did drag. Oh, God, you're right. I, I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute, this British guy? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Martin Lawrence did. Oh, yeah. Plenty. Oh, yes. Do you really want to go into right? that, though? No, no. <laughs> I don't leave that one alone. <laughs> Oh, Sinead. <laughs> so the uh, the girls enter the room, and it's kind of funny because I wasn't sure how they were going to go about this. Because with Shay winning the lip sync, they showed her lipstick, and in Untucked, we didn't get uh, the same montage as we did in episode one where the rest of the girls, they showed the montage of them picking lipsticks. So they showed all the girls picking lipsticks. So I was curious as to whether or not this would kind of be something that was like, well, do the girls talk about it? Are they going to say who they did, who they voted for them? And uh, they brought the box out and went through and laid out the lipsticks. And everybody, including Angina, voted for Angina, uh, which was interesting. Um, but at that point, I mean, she had basically kind of given up to the point where she was like, okay, this is, this is it. I'm gone. Um, if she had not been sent home, I think she would have probably thrown herself on the knife on the runway. Which here comes the question. She's tiny. She doesn't need a sword. How would you play the game of voting people off? Would you vote out stronger competitors because you want the crown? Are you asking me if I would be Naomi Smalls and uh, Manila it <laughs> and, and Manila someone? 
um, as we were as we were treated to the fact that it is now a verb within the drag race uh, culture to be Manilad. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I would, I would want to think that I'd be fair about it. Um, but the problem with this is that unlike past all-star seasons where the girls had to pick a lipstick, they were all on the stage and all heard the critiques. Right. Or at least the ones who needed to pick a lipstick heard the critiques. Yeah. The girls are, they're safe girls right now who don't hear the critiques and are only relying on what the other girls are coming back and telling them. I, I want to think that I'd be fair about it. Brian, I guess I've just been watching so much survivor this summer that (laughs) it gets, it gets to the point where alliances get formed and you're voting off your strongest competition but you have to do it in a way because they're going to the jury and ultimately they vote for who wins the end, which isn't necessarily a thing. Possibly that's going to happen this season. We don't know if there's going to be a jury at the end. I mean, uh, true. Cause at that point, I mean, season three had it and they didn't know about it. And then, you know, when you do all stars Four, okay, whether or not that film before or after it aired, then if it, filmed afterwards and you have to go into that thinking, well, maybe this will happen. And now you're sitting there going, okay, well, are they going to do something completely different or, or how do you do, how do you think about that? And I mean, I, I'm not going to fault anybody for playing the game with the rules that are laid out. You know, actually I, I kind of just had to say the same thing. Um, Listener slash fellow drag race watcher, uh, Luke and I were having a conversation recently or just yesterday and he was watching all stars and he was watching this episode and he, he mentioned something about, you know, Manila getting unfairly eliminated and the whole getting Manila becoming a verb now. And I was like, I was like, Oh, I mean, do you mean when Naomi played the game and rightfully, um, made her choice that she could and whatever, but like, you know, in that same way where like, was I upset that Manila went home? Yes. Cause I would have loved to have seen Manila go all the way. I would have loved to have seen Manila in the finale. But when you put these rules out there, this is what happens. You know, nobody gets robbed. Nobody is promised anything on this show. And that's why, you know, like I joke around about like Jan being robbed, like, in, in the Madonna Rusical Challenge. But I really don't, like, I don't agree with anybody using the term robbed. You know, starting with Tyra and Raven, and Raven being robbed of the crown in season two. Raven was never promised anything. She competed. Tyra, you know, outperformed her. And if you watch it, no matter what you think about Tyra. Um, and in, in, that se- in that season, she outperformed Raven. Absolutely. You know, no matter what your personal take is on, on a person, if they outperform them or if they're following the rules of the the show that are laid out, it is what it is. You know, did it suck that Shangela got shafted with the, the, the jury vote? Yes. But at the same time, you know, like you're diminishing other people's accomplishments when everything is just a product of what the rules are for the game. The rules are constantly evolving and changing because of 
the way that things play out. But I'm not going to be mad about somebody that's playing the game the way that it should be. If that queen ends up in the bottom and is an, op- and is an option to eliminate, mm-hmm. and we saw it in this episode, there were a few people that chose Shay's lipstick. Yep. So, Brian, would you be... Uh, Spoiler the- alert, oh, Shay's in the bottom <laughs> three. <laughs> I think that I agree with everything you've just said and I know that with the third episode this will come into sharper focus but uh to say that the you know people should or should not play by certain rules or whatever and not even rules rules but like you know informal we're going to just go with the report card it's like no that's not how shows work that's not what they want they don't that's so boring it's not that this show is not that at all it's never been so don't expect it. And when it happens, eh, great. But it's not always going to. So, you know, whatever. Because, because it, was, it was just brought up on one of the recaps that maybe they should have kept on China because she was just going to keep limping along and being a weak link that you could just vote off any time. But, you know, you're getting stronger people out. But at the same time, we saw, we saw Roxy Andrews limp her way to the Final Four. <laughs> Yeah, that was the original not making it on report card. <laughs> uh, all right, so this challenge is a design challenge a la the clubs from All-Star. 96. From, so All- from All-Star Season 4, uh, the queens get paired into teams uh, you have Ms. Cracker, Mariah, and Shay. You have Alexis, India, and Jujubee. And then you have Blair and Mayhem. That was he- totally, I don't know, unfair. Cause we were, I was talking about this. Like, they had two, we had one last person to do their room, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Blair and uh, Mayhem. But then they had one last person to fight with. So yeah. it's like good and not so good or reverse. Which- which it's interesting because if you look at it, it's the same teams as the previous challenge minus Miss Cracker just got moved over to Shay's team. <laughs> and the producers chose the teams. Yeah. So, you know, puppeteering a little bit. As they were oddly standing in those teams when being assigned them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. All of it. Uh, yeah. Interesting. And they were like, all right, all right, girls, we're going to line up. All right, I need you here. I need you here. I need you here. At least bring out a button bag or a knife block or something like that. <laughs> uh, so they, uh, they have to come up with a theme. And we didn't get any of the, the workroom walk around, which they showed in Untucked Happen. They showed some uh, Untucked exclusive footage. But the themes, so the, the challenge itself is called Shantae, enjoy your stay. And the girls come up with these room names. The Golden Gals Palace and Resort, way too long of a name, girls, but hey. That is Miss Cracker, Mariah, and Shay. You have the Glamazone with Alexis, India, and Jujubee. And the 24-carat experience from Blair and Mayhem. Well, they wouldn't have been able to call it just the Golden Palace because A, that's trademarked, and B... Is it so low? I don't know. I don't know what kind of statue of limitations <laughs> is going on with that. Um, 
but B, it would have been kind of confusing being that there was another gold yeah. room. Yeah. I when they when they were like, oh, golden girls, and then they said golden gals, I was like, oh my god, are they bringing Ginger Gidget, Mister <laughs> Miss Adrian, and Devon Grace out? Because I would have no. totally been down for it. It's worse than that, though. Wow has their own golden girls with Ginger as yep. Rue, and then like, uh, oh god, Tempest du Jour is B. Arthur, uh, and Kasha, uh, Kasha Davis is uh, Sophia. No, yeah. she's. Is she Sophia? So if she's, yeah, Sophia she's Sophia and Pandora is Rose. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, and let me just, I will do this and I have no problem. I mean, this isn't really uh, our quote unquote, our golden gals with uh, Divine Grace and Miss, Mr. Adrian and, and, uh, and uh, Gidget so much better, so much funnier. So they're hands down. I'm just like, really? Shots fired. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I mean, Gidget's great. Gidget's uh, Gidget. Sorry, Ginger. Oops. Ginger is uh, Ginger's great in both because she's the same. But like, uh, I, anyway, I had to. You know. I think at this point, Gidget and Ginger are just interchangeable. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, they they lived at, at Gidget's house during lockdown. I'm not sure. Oh, if was it at Gidget's back. house? Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, they basically built a studio in Gidget's uh, garage. Okay. So they were staying there because it was easier than um, going back and forth between houses at that point. So they just, they, they locked down with, uh, with Gidget and did everything there. Okay, so first I'll, I'll talk about the positive. I love the fact that it goes back to our last um, recording when we talked about the premiere and Shay's outfit and how I said it reminded me of Blanche's uh, banana leaf uh, pattern. And then basically the bedding and the wall looked like Shay's outfit <laughs> in yeah. the same color scheme. I was, she was like, oh, I've got, I still have a whole bunch of that fabric at home. Can we just send it on over? I mean, she lives in Chicago, so it's a little different, but you know. Uh, but I was, I was a little upset with her for being uh, B. Arthur, but using Sophia-isms. And Carson pointed out earlier that, you know, that's that's a bit of a, a breaking a, a law in the, the gay world there, but or Ross, I, you mean? Was it Ross? Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Ross. <laughs> They're interchangeable in my mind now. <laughs> Get that that high voiced bottom on the uh, on the Drag Race judging panel, Michelle Visage. Please, you know she's a top. Hey, you are right. You are right. <laughs> <laughs> Name all the tops on the RuPaul's Drag Race judging <laughs> panel. Michelle Vassal. Michelle. <laughs> and done. <laughs> what did y'all think of uh, the, the rooms and this challenge overall? The challenge was pretty... Um, <laughs> I mean, they could have just said... They could have just had the exact same challenge as last year. Just I mean, it was the thing. same exact challenge. I mean, it, it was less interesting than last year because last year, at least, it was relevant to what a drag queen might do in the in the field as a person working in a bar, coming up with a yeah. theme night, and it had a little bit more of that like lively club atmosphere. Whereas this was a fucking hotel room. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. it was it was such a rehash and worse, like a bad copy job, like just not. Well, what's even worse is that 24 carat or 24K was basically Club 96. It totally was. Without the <laughs> personality. Exactly. I, I, thought they, I thought they were funny 
But, but they did the exact they did the exact same shtick as what Naomi and uh, Valentina had done. Yep. And I honestly, uh, I mean, we're I guess we're at that point. I disagree fundamentally with the, their judgment that this was the best room, hundred times over. And Do you I know can, why it was the best room? Because that was the group with two in it, so that way they could send three people back well, to the room and have six people still on stage. That makes sense. And <laughs> well, it's just no. Yeah, well, I was disappointed. No, so they sent they sent one more back with them. Oh, so there there was was there? Yeah, because stage? they yeah. didn't win the challenge. So the right, person right, who won the challenge, I know I'm, I'm like obfuscating this, like I didn't just talk about Shay being in the bottom at the beginning of this conversation. But yeah, they sent the winner and the two of them back to the workroom because that's where we got the, um, the sobriety and uh, drug issue PSA. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, which I will just say this, because I didn't mention it before. Juju B um, in a in an unscripted television show where there is so much like kind of not seriousness has been this epitome of being an adult, having adult conversations and addressing things in an adult way. Because after when they were, when they came back and they were talking about who voted for who, or like, did anybody vote for mayhem after the first episode and Juju B did, and Mayhem got upset about it. And she at first was like, um, well, those are your feelings and you're, you know, they're valid and, and whatever. And then she's like, no, 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 that's not an apology. I'm sorry that I hurt you. I was like, wow, that's, you know, like she was showing that's, it's a lot of maturity. It's something you don't see in a lot of these things because you don't want to see like realism. You want to see the kiki ka 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 you know, like, being shady and being bitchy. And then in the, the untucked conversation where she talks about um, being sober and the fact that she has wanted to have a drink and she's wanted to do all these things, but her sobriety means more to her. And then mayhem having the conversation about um, her being, uh, we'll say hard drug free because alcohol is still technically a drug being hard drug free, but still drinking, but having those thoughts to herself of maybe this is a, an issue. Like these are real, like, and, and Jujubee just really having that conversation, like these, these kind of conversations coming out of Jujubee, especially with what we've seen in the past with Juju. Like, I mean, one of her most iconic lip syncs is um, the, was it Black Velvet that she did? Yeah. And yeah, she Black, was- It was Black Velvet and then Weren't Raven and her both pretty drunk for um, the All Stars one? Yeah, but the but Juju was there was still obviously, but yeah. Juju was basically blacked out for Black Velvet, um, yeah. and that was part of the reason why they limited the number of drinks and untalked was after that um, episode. But she was wasted and did Black Velvet and all of that. So like to see an evolution of somebody to that point is incredible and to see it actually portrayed on television is amazing so uh back to the rooms <laughs> back to these sad rooms i really like though both the golden gal or they call it golden palace or whatever i like that one a lot i feel like yeah there were some missteps but overall fun 
Um, and then uh, the jungle one, which I didn't think I would like, Juju's performance uh, more than made up for you know the maybe shortcomings otherwise. So I guess in execution they went with the gold uh, the, the the what do they even call it? the the golden gals palace and resort was so, so, tr- so Trump's resort basically, oh, tw- which is what I was totally feeling the whole time, which oh, probably for- is another reason I didn't like it. Oh, for twenty four k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. gaudy, gross, ugh, gold. I actually have now, I think, a visceral reaction to anything that is gold because of Trump. Because I know that that's the shit that he puts in his, like, fancy whatever. Anyway. Uh, but, like, I think I, because of those missteps and some of the performances, they really went with the 24-carat one. Because their performances, even though they, I, don't, I don't think they were that amazing, I think uh, Blair's was a little better because she kept trying to steer it weird. And I love that. I want more of that from Blair. Uh, I I enjoyed them going back and forth. Yeah, well, I mean, when it was like, like two of them, like, to like very just... rich, dirty, dirty rich, like you know yeah. stuff like that, where they work together very well. And as a cohesive unit, I think that's why Rue picked it as her favorite. Um, I think the biggest issue with like when you have a room like the Glamazon. India, it gave me such flashbacks to um, the morning show challenge from season three, oh, where yeah. she was the weather girl, and she was like, it's a hail no storm. Yeah. You need more personality. Yeah. She looked good, and that, that was the first time that I think I've seen India without super dark um, shading around her forehead and her cheekbones. And also very not like giant pageant hair. I thought she looked pretty, but she definitely didn't stick out. But Juju, although it was funny when, when Juju sat down, I was like, did your, did your grandma make this, uh, make the chair? And she's like, yes, she did. And then it, it kind of buckled a little bit. And India was like, well, she might want to reinforce it. She's like, don't you talk about my grandma that way. <laughs> See, yeah. I, I, don't, I think that Rue may have also picked 24k as her favorite room as that was the only one that looked like anything that rupaul would actually stay in <laughs> uh, probably could you, could you imagine if one of the rooms had a fracking like section <laughs> oh my god <laughs> she's a fracking queen have you watched any of the uh mashup oh god what's his name it does them uh, Lee, uh, oh, Lee, Dawson. Dawson. Lee Dawson have you watched any of the recent ones he's done um, like, I watched the beginning of I think the first one for this season and it was uh, it involved the uh, oh the fracking yes I love every chance that he gets to work that in I'm telling you Willem I, I haven't been watching as much YouTube I've been trying to catch up on some shows and whatnot but um, whenever Willem does it, it, it just, she's a fracking queen. It's amazing. It's amazing. I think Eric, you're probably right though. And, and it's unfortunate because I like the creativity that those other two brought into it. Whereas the gold 24 karat thing is just so, again, it's so basic. It's such a, it's opulence, the room. It's this fake <laughs> belief that gold, anything is opulent. And, and it, it, it really, like is something that people are attracted to it it, it just grosses me out now it's uh, it's nouveau riche yeah I, you're right it's exactly nouveau riche it's people who absolutely don't know what money you know should do or whatever and then they just it's the illusion of wealth 
The yep. illusion, yes. Well said. Yep. Um, to me, I had more issues with um, the interior designer guy kind of picking apart um, the Golden Gals, like, oh, but you used that bedspread. Or, like, they didn't go out shopping or order, like, go through catalogs and choose individual things. There was probably, the production design maybe had, like, six of each, like, six beds or, like, six shelvers or, like, six sofas or something like that that they could have cho- choose, chose, choose, chosen from. Chosen from. Um, Are you having a stroke there? Do we need to send somebody over? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I smell toast. No. Um, I no, smell I spiced smell vanilla and, and bourbon. That's just my beard. Uh, but no, I mean, they may have even, like, as part of the prompt, gotten, like, these are the six themes you can choose from. And they could name it whatever, but, like, these are the themes that we have stuff for. And then you choose one of them, you know? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with that assessment of it. And obviously, we weren't there. We don't, we're not part of the production team. But I, I can absolutely see that being um, what was given to them. And it, it's like when we were talking about the, uh, the finale of season 12, they had a list of like 12 songs that they could choose from to do their um, their self-produced lip sync challenge, you know? So those were the, those three songs were out of a list of 12 that they could pick from, you know, you're not going to be able to just be like, all right, well, I love this one song. So we're going to go ahead and, you know, I want this one. It's got to be on a list of things that they either can easily get the rights to, or, or maybe have some sort of deal where, they get the um, they have the rights to these songs regardless and are able to use them. So it, it most likely was something along those lines of, hey, here are some looks or things or like backgrounds like for the perfume challenge from season five where they have the the swatch of different backgrounds they could use and you know yeah. Ivy picked her hometown of New York City. Oh wait, that's Tokyo. Never mind. <laughs> so after they show. Michelle and Martin Lawrence Ballard uh, and Nicole Byer experiencing the rooms. They take it to the take it to the runway, 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 and this theme is three, three, three looks in one. What were some of your favorite looks on the runway? Um, I love a good Fabergé egg. So, <laughs> Miss Cracker coming out as that egg with legs. That was fantastic. Doing the whole Ana- Anastasia. Uh, Beverly Hills? Hills? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Princess Anastasia. Uh, Anastasia Beverly Be- Hills? <laughs> See, yeah. this, is why I don't, this is why I don't do an outline for this show. Because then y'all can't make fun of me for typing uh, errors like they do Big Dipper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's uh, why you don't do the outline. That's exactly yeah, I really why. Liked, I liked hers. Uh, I thought Juju's was cute, but if anything, I think hers was the more crafty one than 
uh, Shays was. Shays was uh, awesome. And calling that crafty, unless maybe in person, it just doesn't quite look as good. I think they were, like, from the camera perspective, I think they were wrong. So wrong. And you're right. Like, Juju's, like, I love the idea of it, but it was like, well, eh, okay. It was, uh, a, it was a little party city. <laughs> Go back to party city where you belong. <laughs> Can we talk about Alexis's bizarre? Like, okay. I love circus, this. I, circus theme, but the princess in the middle. When have you seen a princess at the circus? Yeah, the ballet, ballet dancer was or ballet out, out of touch. Yeah. What? The rest well, of the I, I, fun. I didn't I think, think it was a, a circus. Dress I thought it was like, I thought she was going to do a Japanese like kabuki style. Because the way that the the sleeves were and everything, I thought it looked more geisha, minus the the white makeup. And then it was like, oh, circus. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? All right. It's it's just weird. Like I don't think it was bad. Just like, huh? Um, uh, India's obviously wasn't that much of a. I think India and uh, Mariah, they all both of them didn't really have like distinct three. Is that what it was? Well, so Mariah's okay. like from from look one to look two, Mariah basically just took off her coat, and I think that's where the the difference was. Where um, India, it was like a complete change from like pants to a skirt, and even though like the jacket came off, like but it, it, it was very tough to see the two of them, like for both for one to get critiqued and one not to get critiqued. Or for one to be critiqued and have the other one used as an example, like it, it was, it was tough because there was a point where I think from her second to third look or her first second, like one of them was a very quick transition and didn't feel like it was three full looks. Yeah, India's didn't yeah. feel, or yeah, India's was the one where it didn't yeah. feel like three full looks because of the way they edited the runway. I thought it looked very tailored. Yes, it very well put together. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, she does it, her it, own stuff too, right? Isn't she one of the ones that's I think a very... So. I think so. I mean, I don't know if she um, did that outfit. But... but yeah, it compared to the rest of the cast, it did not appear like three completely different garments. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I I enjoyed Shay's. I enjoyed Crackers. Um, Blair's was really good too. We kind of forget about hers i think because it was sort of middle of the pack but yeah. i liked it i thought it was really uh fun i mean honestly i don't think i don't think there were any like complete duds out of all of these you know i think they did a, a really good job and when it comes down to it a lot of times you're you're nitpicking critiques in order to have you know bottom queens I don't think that there should have been three bottom queens maybe this time around. I think it should have just been two, but I kind of feel like it was a little bit of a shock factor to throw Shay into the bottom, especially so early on. Um, so with that being said, and I know that we had mentioned and alluded to this earlier, but 24K was Rue's favorite room. However, the winning performance not the last time I will say that this episode, but Juju B is your maxi challenge winner. Congratulations, Juju B! 
And uh, she and Blair and Mayhem are sent back into the, uh, into the back while they go through the critiques. They chat with the girls and they end up putting India, Mariah, and Shay as your bottom three. Chat, 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 talk, 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 lots of discussion. When Shay was talking to any of the girls, it was freaking me out because I could never quite find her eyes <laughs> because of the pain. <laughs> yes. Which is awesome. Like, it's great to know. And then the funniest thing that she said about it was that when she was talking about them critiquing her, uh, the outfit is looking crafty. And she was like, and this is the outfit I spent the most on. <laughs> She's like, I can't wait till y'all see the stuff that I didn't spend money on. <laughs> but they chat, they go through their deliberations, they pick their lipsticks, and come out to the stage where it is revealed that Monet Exchange is uh, your lip sync assassin. All Stars for co-winner and season 10, Miss Congeniality, Monet Exchange. And um, we get a little uh, juice by Lizzo as the lip sync song. What did y'all think about this lip sync? Eh. I think I think Monet did well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Juju was there. Kind of her having a reputation as a lip sync assassin. It didn't seem like she gave a lot to this performance. You're talking about. The uh, the assassin herself, like Monet, no, Juju right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because she's... right before they do the lip sync, they do a little montage about Juju talking about how she's okay. She's sent she's so many never people lost home. a lip sync. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, she did. She did. Well, no, she made it to the final three. Yeah, no, she she had never lost never a lip lost. sync. Yeah. Spoiler alert: for the first time in Drag Race history, <laughs> Juju lost a lip sync. <laughs> yeah, I. I I, was that do you think that's there i mean again just thinking the way they edit like to, to reinforce that yeah she never has lost until now well like, so funny enough i had this this conversation yesterday again um with luke as he was watching the show this is the thing you're not lip syncing for your life you're lip syncing for your legacy and you're also put into the unenviable spot of sending someone home Katya has talked about this. They don't always put their all into these lip syncs because they don't necessarily want to win. The $10,000 is nice, but they could win that again later if it came down to it. Or if they win the show, they win, you know, $100,000. The, the, the extra $10,000 or whatever is, is nice. It's good, but, you know, they don't always put their all into doing this because... They don't want to be Naomi'd. I'll turn, I'll, I'll flip it on its head and do it the other way around. <laughs> they don't want to be the one that's like, okay, that has to then send the person home. And I mean, even when Monet pulled uh, the lipstick out of her titty and said um, that Mariah was going back to the house, like she even said, she was like, don't shoot the messenger. Like, and it was to Mariah. But at the same point, it's kind of like the same thing for, for the, the crowd out there. It's like, this lip sync assassin isn't the one that's picking the, these people, you know, and Juju B may not have wanted that responsibility. She may not want to wanted to have to worry about it, you know, and honestly, some of these songs tend to be 
geared towards one or the other as far as the participant. And we've kind of seen it vacillate back and forth. Live in La Vida Loca, a little bit more comfortable and directed towards Evie. Uh, the Pointer Sisters, a bit more pointed towards Shay. Um, Lizzo, a bit more pointed towards Monet. Like, you know, the, these are things that are also at play in the storyline. So I, I don't know. And Juju could have given it her all and we could have just been shown an edit that was kind of whatever. But when Monet started to like, you know, high kick and brought her, her heel up and like pulled it towards her head and like started pulling out those moves, I was like, okay, this is Monet's. Like, it's just Juju B, there wasn't, Juju B is very emotive. And in a song like Juice, it's tougher to be emotive for it. You kind of have to be a bit more of a high stepper. You have to be a little bit more dancey. And that's not necessarily Juju's forte. So, I mean, I don't think she went out there with the mindset of, ah, fuck it, I'm going to lose this. Because at the end of the day, whatever the production wants is what the production is going to get. So if they wanted to send somebody else, let's say Juju had picked, um, let's say Juju had picked India and they, they wanted India to go and the group had picked Mariah, Juju would have won that lip sync. And they would have done it and they would have had it go the way that they wanted it to go because that's their ability to do it. They, they know what lipsticks they're giving out to people, you know? <laughs> Especially now that when they're doing these like in front of the mirror confessionals. And I don't think yeah, either of you have had this opportunity, but I've been in the workroom, not where the workroom normally is, but they rebuilt the workroom in the Los Angeles Convention Center those mirrors are two-way mirrors, you know? So when you're doing these things, no matter what and where it is, whether it's this new setup, you know, meeting in the ladies' room setup, or when it was just for the last three se- three seasons of All-Stars in the main workroom and they pull this up, I mean, there's a camera on the other side of that mirror filming these girls picking the lipsticks up. And, you know, they, they know who it is. So it, it's it's... They could do whatever they wanted to if it came down to it. But I think that this was a bit more geared to it. And I'm sure Juju didn't put 150% into the lip sync. Maybe she put 87%. You know, it, it happens. But we do say goodbye to Mariah. And don't forget that in a room full of tens, she is always the grand prize. And um, she packs her stuff up and gets a lovely little uh, farewell message from Bianca, which I thought was super cute. Yeah, I and love was- that Michelle and, Bia- and uh, Bianca yeah. both got to say goodbye. Like, that was really sweet. And I didn't realize that her and Bianca were close. So that's, that's pretty cool. I'm sad that I, we didn't get a video for Angina. That made me sad because we got Derek's partners. We had Nebraska and, um, and Nick that popped up. And then Anjana went home and Alyssa went back and talked with her, which was cute. Yeah. And then, but then this time around, Michelle came back and talked to her. And then she got the video from Bianca. And I was like, all right, well, getting more stuff now. Fuck Anjana's, <laughs> fuck Anjana's drag, right? <laughs> Can, I will say, though, that for the, since they uh, started doing Untucked for All-Stars, I love that they changed out all the clips um, at the beginning of Untucked to All-Stars yeah. quotes. Yeah, fuck my drag, right? I'll pay, uh, I'll send you ten thousand dollars through PayPal. 
it's very very kind of cute that they've tailored it to uh to this season versus just the regular uh and i mean they keep on updating the untucked one but there's a lot of the same clips that stay throughout the you know from season to season yeah so do you think the right person went home which you've sent mariah packing no not at all i probably i probably would have voted for india yeah but again if there had been talk between the girls sending shay home isn't a bad idea if i'm if i'm not mistaken i think she ended up with i think it was was four or five six seven we have seven or eight people there were eight total eight total so i think i want to say that it was like it was maybe like four four three and one as far as the votes go like shay was close to being voted out well there's eight people total so you take juju's out so there's seven there's seven votes that go in the box yes all right so maybe it was four four two and one i want to say in the in the clip for next week they alluded to two votes for so yes yeah, so i think it was four four two four for um mariah two for shay because we know that alexis voted for her for sure and um i think uh um, i can't remember who said it in the preview yeah but they also did but yeah i think i think i saw somewhere that it was four four two and one as far as the um the the rumocracy votes went so the next episode is She MZ. It's a spoof on uh, TMZ and the actual television show from the, uh, the their kind of like workroom aspect. If you've never watched the TMZ television show, there's the one loud guy that's always standing behind the partition, leaning on it with his giant cup of drink. And then all the other people in the bullpen, like pitching stories and whatnot. And then it, it feels like it's kind of like the... Um, the improv uh, cop challenge from season 11 because the one scene that they showed us on the street felt very much like, um, uh, Oh yeah. With Brooklyn and all that. I, I, uh, and, yeah. Uh, Who's the twerking one? Uh, oh my God. Oh, uh, Akira. Akira. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Akira skit like that. That's, and I think it probably was filmed to the exact same spot because it looked like the, the same spot that they filmed that one at. Uh, but that's going to be the next one. We'll have uh, Sarah Hyland as the guest judge. So uh, it'll be interesting. It looks like they're going to be paired into uh, teams of two, two, and three. So we'll see how that all turns out. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks to discuss more of uh, the fun and frivolity of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. If you've enjoyed this or any of the other tantalizing entertainment that we put out on our feed then follow us on social media at flameonshow.com you can scroll to the bottom and find your favorite social media platform and click to follow us there and if you would like to you can join as a patron at any of our four levels and uh, help us to continue making the show because we are listener funded entertainment so we thank you for hanging out with us today thank you gents for joining me and uh, until we meet next time, Bobby Ilch. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. 
Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.